Dr. Boyce Watkins from Your Black World. And I want to congratulate everybody who was smart enough to invest in Bitcoin and to hold on to your Bitcoin because uh, today is the day for you to celebrate. Uh, Bitcoin just hit a record high. Bitcoin uh, is now, right now, right now, trading at a price of, drum roll please, let me see here, Bitcoin price. The Bitcoin price right now is $19,360.70, which is um, an all-time high. Uh, It's the highest it's ever been. And uh, let me see, it looks like, what was the previous high? The previous high was somewhere around 20, close to 20,000. I think it almost got there and then I barely well, you know what? It's actually slightly below the previous high, but I think it did pass the previous high earlier today. And uh, right now it's trading at 19,360, which is really, really good. Uh, that's a massive, massive gain over the last few uh, weeks. And if you've been a crypto owner, uh, you're pretty happy right now because Bitcoin's not the only cryptocurrency that's taken off. Uh, XRP, uh, a lot, aka Ripple, and a lot of other cryptocurrencies are taken off. So Bitcoin. Uh, has been a good investment. So anyway, uh, before we get started, let's do our quick ritual. Um, on this platform, we are black first. I'm not a finance professor who just happens to be black. I'm not an accidental Negro. <laughs> I am a black man who happens to be a finance professor. So I'm black first. Everything we do is to build black wealth, to close the racial wealth gap. And we focus uh, solely on black people and solely on black wealth. That's all we care about. So uh, if you agree with that philosophy and you're okay with that, then please stay. If you're not, then please leave. Uh, put hashtag B1 in the chat. Hashtag B1 is the calling card that we use here on this platform. Now, with that said, um, Bitcoin uh, has been a, a, an interesting enigma lately. Bitcoin, uh, which um, I, I've always had money in crypto. Um, I have money in Bitcoin. I have uh, I own a lot of different coins. You know, I can't even tell you all the coins I own. I just bought a bunch. Uh, I spread it out because I wanted to make sure that I was there whenever the, the you know, the takeoff took place. And so with Bitcoin, you had a previous uh, rise where Bitcoin got to almost $20,000 a coin. And uh, then you had a massive, massive plummet where it dropped below 4,000. Uh, during the previous climb, a lot of the factors that drove the climb in value, uh, it came out of Asia. It came out of Asia because in Asia, they love to gamble. Uh, they see the stock markets. Uh, unfortunately, they see investing as almost like a casino. So they tend to overbid the prices of assets because they love to speculate. They love to gamble. Well, that's what drove up the price of Bitcoin. Well, now Bitcoin has a lot of fundamentals in its favor. When Bitcoin actually plummeted, there were a lot of people who saw this as an opportunity to position themselves for the next rally, which would be built on a stronger foundation. So this Bitcoin rally is very different from the previous Bitcoin rally. This Bitcoin rally is being driven by the participation of major uh, respected market players who are now adding Bitcoin to their portfolios. Why is that a big deal? Well, because uh, when people ask, they say, well, what is Bitcoin based on? Where does the value come from? What is the real value of a Bitcoin? Well, the answer is nothing. Bitcoin, the value of Bitcoin is as valuable as 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 the maybe the the air that you 
breathe or maybe that's a bad example, but it's, it's as valuable as your imagination, basically. The value of Bitcoin lives up here. But if you look at fiat currency, well, the value of fiat currency lives up here too. Uh, fiat currency, the money that you spend, the dollar bills in your pocket, only have value if people believe in the value of that asset. It's backed by nothing, absolutely nothing. So Bitcoin is pretty much backed by nothing too, but uh, it's a different kind of nothing. It's a, it's a type of nothing that we've made into a something. And so when established players, major uh, you know, fund managers start purchasing Bitcoin, it pushes up the value because it gives Bitcoin needed credibility that tells it uh, that, that tells the market that there's value here. Right. And it's no different from, you know, if you take some regular guy and you go put him on TV, uh, you know, a thousand times, then suddenly he becomes famous. But he's still a regular guy. But now he has value because everyone sees him as famous. Well, the same thing is true. Ha this is happening here financially with Bitcoin. Bitcoin is valuable because it's famous and because uh, other respected famous people are saying Bitcoin is, is worthy. Bitcoin's valuable. So now everyone feels that Bitcoin's valuable. I know it sounds like a big scam. I know it sounds ridiculous. I know it sounds like a almost like a pyramid scheme, but that's literally how a lot of currencies are valued. That's how, that's how we decide that a, that a Gucci belt is worth $700 when really it's no different from the belt you just got at Walmart, but you believe that because it's a Gucci belt, it's worth more money or Beats by Dre headphones are worth twice as much as regular headphones that may have better sound quality because you believe that Beats by Dre headphones are just better headphones, right? So uh, with that being said, do me a favor, hit the thumbs up button, hit the share button, hit the subscribe button. Make sure you hit the notification bell on the Black Financial channel because we go live on a regular basis and all that stuff. And uh, also, if you guys still want to join us, uh, we decided to extend the discount on the Blackwell Bootcamp, which starts on January 7th. The Blackwell Bootcamp is built for anybody that wants to reduce their dependence on the corporate plantation. So whether you want to quit your job or keep your job and just be economically free and independent on your job, uh, we have strategies and breakdowns of specific concepts and ideas and, and frameworks that give you step-by-step -step processes through which you can obtain that financial independence. It's a great program. It's very popular. There's a money-back guarantee. And right now, just for today, for Cyber Monday, it's a 72% off. So feel free to go to blackwealthbootcamp.com. The URL is right there on the screen, blackwealthbootcamp.com. Now, with that said, um, here are some things about Bitcoin that I thought was, was really interesting. I was at the grocery store and Alicia sends me to the store to buy stuff. And, and the 13-year-old and the is mad at me now because she told me to get Takis and I forgot to get the damn Takis. So I can't talk too long because I got to go back to the grocery store and buy Takis. What kind of punk am I? But anyway, so but before I go back and buy these Takis, I, I, I want to tell you, when I was driving to the grocery store the first time where I forgot to buy the Takis, I was listening to uh, an, uh, an interview and I was hearing an expert, I was hearing the CEO of PayPal talk about Bitcoin. And the CEO of PayPal, I don't have his name in front of me, but he was speaking about Bitcoin and why they're adding Bitcoin as a means of exchange, why they're allowing customers to use Bitcoin for their transactions. And I said, ooh, this might be the key to something special. This is what I've been waiting for. You see, the big thing, the, the, the way, the reason Bitcoin shot itself in the foot, in my opinion, during the first uh, upswing is Bitcoin basically came out uh, like a crazy lunatic as far as financial assets go. Bitcoin's volatility was like a big tsunami, uh, you know, massive tidal wave relative to calm seas that you normally get from other currencies and even a lot of stock. So when a when a when an asset has that much volatility, that much chaos, you can't make you can't plan with that. Business owners, business inherently is a conservative kind of thing. Business owners like to be able to know how much revenue they're going to have. They like to know 
what the value of their assets are going to be. So the reason Bitcoin could not be used as a medium of, of exchange is because the price would change so much that, you know, on Tuesday, you're selling your pizzas for $8.45. But on Wednesday, you're selling your pizzas for you know $5.25 because you're accepting Bitcoin in exchange for pizza. And the value of the Bitcoin is plummeting and going up and down, up and down, up and down. And, the, and business owners don't like that. So what PayPal did, which I think is going to be critical, this is going to be what's critical in terms of fulfilling this uh, this prophecy by some experts that Bitcoin could be worth as much as $200,000, $300,000, $400,000 a coin, is the use of Bitcoin as a common method of exchange. So the PayPal CEO, I think that there's something there, there, there's, there, there, there's a, there's key, something critical about what he was saying about Bitcoin. He basically said that when he's talked to World Bank, uh, you know, or, or, or you know, global banking executives all around the world, uh, you know, at, at all the different central banks and everything else. The pandemic has pushed them to move, move toward digital currency, right? Uh, you know, everything's being digitized. Nobody wants to touch paper money anymore because it might have coronavirus on it or something, right? So, so at least that's what you know. That's what the media is telling us. But y'all know how I am. I don't, you know, I, I don't go for stuff just because it's on TV. I know it might make people mad, but I tend to actually try to use my own brain and I don't let them tell me what to think. Uh, and so, but anyway, everything's going toward digitization. Well, because everything's digital, they felt compelled to say, we're going to go ahead and follow our competitors square and start allowing our customers to buy Bitcoin, keep it on the platform, and then use Bitcoin to make transactions with other merchants. And they said, well, how do you deal with the risk that the merchant must bear when they're accepting Bitcoin, this really volatile currency, as a medium of exchange? Well, he explained it. It's very, very simple, and it makes perfect sense. PayPal said, look, no, no, here's what's going to happen. If you're the merchant, you're not going to receive Bitcoin in exchange for your product. You're going to receive fiat currency, which is much more stable. We're going to absorb that risk. We're going to be the middleman and allow the customer on the other side to use Bitcoin to buy fiat. And then we're going to use fiat to buy your product. So we'll be so basically PayPal has said we are willing to commit ourselves to becoming the clearinghouse, the middleman, the, 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 the person that absorbs the risk of, of Bitcoin prices changing overnight, right? Well, that's that to me is a game changer because what that does is that makes merchants say, okay, I don't care how I get paid. You know, fine, whatever you're doing over there, if they're, if they're handing you Bitcoin, um, chicken legs, or pieces of hamburger in exchange for, for currency, I don't care what that is as long as I get my money, right? As long as you cut the check, right? So basically, I like that a lot. And I thought that was really... Um, a, a very telling uh, discussion in terms of this, you know, talking about the direction that Bitcoin may be going. I think that we could hit a day where Bitcoin uh, starts to stabilize a little more. And also uh, it becomes used uh, as a common form of exchange. Uh, I think you've also hit a lot of key indicators in, in terms of having a lot of these wealth managers, reputable wealth managers who are adding Bitcoin to their portfolio. That includes increases demand, which pushes price, prices up. And, and then this sort of contagion of individuals seeing all this happening and saying, oh, I better get in on Bitcoin. I better invest in Bitcoin. I better just hold some Bitcoin, right? So I think, I'm just going to tell you this. If you want, you know, the Dr. Boyce pick on what, what's going to happen with Bitcoin over the next three, three to four years, um, I believe it's going to go up. I believe that. But that does that mean it's true? No, it's like, it's, it's like if a Jewish person argues with a Catholic about what happens when you go to heaven, you don't really know who's right. 
people just pick a side, right? So my side, my particular financial religion tells me that I believe Bitcoin is going to go up, but I could be wrong. So here are a, a couple of, um, of key factors you want to look at. Uh, also, when you think about Bitcoin, don't forget that there's also always that risk, one of the volatility. So uh, I don't hold a lot of Bitcoin as a percentage of my portfolio because I know that there's always a chance that Bitcoin could go flat and die and, and whatever. Right. But then that's also true of almost any financial asset on Earth. Uh, the second thing is that you're probably looking at more regulation down the road. One of the things that drives Bitcoin, but also undermines uh, its inherent long-term value is the fact that Bitcoin tends to attract the dirty dogs, right? Bitcoin tends to attract the 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 the, uh, the, the underground players who are trying to move dope money, you know, move money that they made from sex trafficking, uh, move money they're making from, you know, black markets on drugs and everything else, right? Uh, they, they move that money through cryptocurrency because it can't be tracked, right? So that's not going to exist forever. That's not going to be the case forever. At some point, they're going to require that they can tr that they have the ability to track where all these transactions are going. So the ability to sort of move your dark money through Bitcoin is going to go away. So what that does is two things. One, it, it on, on the on the darker side, it reduces the demand for Bitcoin because now if you're a dope dealer, you're trying to move your cocaine money, you can't do it anymore because now the regulators are, are demanding that the um, exchanges tell them who's who's receiving and who's sending the money, right? But on the brighter side, though. Uh, it creates a stable and more efficient market for Bitcoin because you're you you've got the regulation which creates safety within the market. Uh, in, you know, in most financial theory, uh, additional safety and security of a market, you know, and stability of a market tends to increase the value of a market, right? So I I like the idea of having regulators because they're kind of like a, a, a you know like a financial disinfectant. Right. The, you know, maybe your body has gotten used to having bad bacteria in it or whatever. And that's what kind of fuels you. And then you suddenly get some health food and, and it makes you want to vomit or whatever. But but over time, you start to actually start. You actually start to feel better because now you're running on a different kind of fuel. Right. You're not running on the liquor and the heroin anymore. You're aiming for the vegetables and, and the fruit juice. Right. So basically, uh, they're trying to take Bitcoin to that whole crypto market, which is a very bad market. It's very inefficient. It's way too volatile. There's too much what they call information asymmetry. There are there are whales that are moving the markets and manipulating markets. Just all kinds of bad things happening there that you have to watch out for. And they're trying to make it into a nice, nice safe neighborhood. So you think about it almost like New York. Before, remember anybody remember in the 1970s, New York City was a terrible place to be in a lot of areas. Uh, if you went down to Times Square. There was a, you know, whorehouses over here. There's a strip club over there. There's a, you know, there, there's a homeless people everywhere. There's killers on this block and dope dealers on that block, right? Times Square was a mess. So basically they came in and they cleaned up Times Square and they got rid of a bunch of people and 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 pushed them all out. And then they made it into this clean, nice, family-friendly place. So, they, so what they did was they killed one economy to build up another, right? So I think with crypto, that's what's happening, right? The financial disinfectant is going to kill one type of economy, the dark, seedy economy with the dark money and the dope money and everything else, and, and build a better economy, one where you have institutional investors coming in. You have uh, investors like you and I, retail investors coming in. You have... Uh, 
Bitcoin being offered on every major financial platform as one of as an investment alternative coming in. You have people using Bitcoin uh, as as gold 2.0, a, a substitute for gold because it's limited supply, right? Coming in because they want to get away maybe from fiat currency, which has, which has been overinflated by the massive debt levels that the U.S. government is taking on. So so and then and then really the kicker to me again, I think the biggest kicker really is when Bitcoin is used. Uh, for everyday transactions, I think if, if you have you know thousands of platforms that say, "Hey, if you want to buy products on our platform with Bitcoin, just hit this button, go right ahead." I think that's going to be a kicker because it's not just going to mean that people are going to use Bitcoin more often for transactions, but all those platforms, in many cases, like PayPal, will say, "By the way, if you want to buy Bitcoin from us, you can buy it right here from us." So I, I think all these all these things are going to come together to push Bitcoin to a higher plateau. It's hard to imagine Bitcoin being worth two or three, four hundred dollars a coin or four hundred thousand dollars a coin. I don't have that much imagination right now, but uh, I've seen crazier things happen. I remember when the Dow Jones Industrial Average hit a thousand, and people thought that was a big deal. They said, "Oh my God, it's so high! How can it go any higher?" Then it hit five thousand, and they said, "Okay, this has got to be it. It can't go any higher than that." Then it hit ten thousand. They said, "Whoa, this is insane! The market's way overvalued." Who? the hell would invest in the stock market where the Dow is 10,000? Well, the Dow just hit 30,000. The Dow just hit 30,000. So what that really says is that uh, is that after you've been doing this kind of stuff for a while, the biggest thing you learn, the biggest thing you eventually know is how much you don't know, right? Uh, all the things you think you know, uh, you probably don't know those things as well as you think you know them. And also there's a lot out there that you're going to know that you do not know right now. So uh, if you don't know now, you know. There we go. All right. So do me a favor. Hit the thumbs up button. Hit the share button. Hit the subscribe button. Uh, if you want to join the Black Wealth Bootcamp, you still can. Uh, it's 72% off. After that, after today, the discount's done. Uh, but we start classes January 7th. The, the It's a lifetime membership. The recordings from the previous two boot camps are already in there. So you can start watching that right now today. And it'll make a big difference for your family. If it doesn't, we'll give you your money back. Also, don't forget we have financial workbooks for kids and flashcards, stuff like that at financialworkbooks.com. And last but not least, tonight, on FinancialJuneteenTV.com, we're doing our Black Business Pitch Competition called Life's a Pitch, where we invite Black-owned businesses to submit 90-second business pitches. Laneja Bet and I play the pitch, and uh, we critique it right then. The audience is then invited to go and support the business, so it gives free advertising to the business owner. It's a great place to go if you want to learn how to pitch your business better and structure your business model in a way that's actually compelling and persuasive to the people that you talk to so that you can raise funding, so you can get people on board, you can get investors, all kinds of things like that. Uh, so Life's a Pitch is what we do every Monday night at 8 o'clock. Uh, it is happening on FinancialJuneteenTV.com. So we have a lot of stuff going on, and I hope that this helps you. And I hope you guys have a great day and happy investing. I'll talk to you guys soon. Take care. Peace.